It's another Sunday Night in Comedy, and tonight we're tuning in for an epic distraction from across the universe with some of the cast, crew, and creators behind CBC Gem's new hit, Overlord and the Underwoods. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, because the world is stuck in 2020, and now your vision can be too. The reason I'm laughing, and so is our producer, Vince Tedesco, is because, I don't know, we just changed the name of the radio station, apparently. Inside Jokes, Dean, we're laughing because it's Inside Jokes. We're laughing because it's Inside Jokes. Vince, I do have to say, uh, we are switching things up a little bit on tonight's show. Let's, you know, we're going to put aside the whole death of live comedy for for an episode here. We're going to stop talking about the pandemic and all of the things that have closed all all over the place. Uh, We're switching it up. We're kind of kicking it old school, Vince. We're going back to network TV. It's the kind of panel that we haven't done uh, in actually a couple seasons here on Inside Jokes. Definitely since back in the good old studio days. Uh, But we have some cast, crew, creators behind Overlord and the Underwoods, which is, of course, a new hit on CBC Gem. So we're going to talk to that panel tonight. Uh, And, you know, we're just coming out of Snowpocalypse here in Toronto, Vince. How are you doing this week, buddy? Yes, Snowpocalypse is real. It is real. It has happened. Uh, we're doing okay uh, amidst the whole craziness that was this past week. Uh, but yeah, this looks like it should be a fun show. Cast and crew and cast and creators of this uh, new show. An alien comes to live with a family. Huh. An alien comes to live with a family. Sounds familiar. A bit. It's a bit of a throwback to, uh, you know, the, the sort of golden age of the sitcom. Of course, the huge reference there is Alf. We're going to pick yeah. their brains on just how much that factored into this show, but just how the whole thing came together, what this whole concept is all about, and just this huge boom that's really been happening the last couple of years in these new comedy series on all these digital streaming platforms. Is it the death of network television, Vince? Who knows? Yeah. I'm going to find out. We're going to ask I'm them. anything right now. We've, we've got the, but that's what's happening. People are at home. They're streaming stuff. They're looking for online content. CBC has been pumping out these comedy hits the last few years. Sketch shows, new sketch shows are on the air. And a lot of interesting new concepts with a lot of independent comics. A lot of people from the sketch and improv world, especially right here in Toronto. We'll go around. We'll grab a quick roll call here. Uh, first up, we have Anthony Farrell, who is the mind behind this hit show on CBC Gem. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having us. Uh, thank you for being... I know everybody's on Zoom right now. We're doing a radio show from home. But even that, I think you know, requires some dedication right now. (laughs) The city of Toronto, especially for those of our listeners here in Toronto, our friends in Montreal, we could not possibly be more locked down in every conceivable way right now. We're buried under two feet of snow. Everything is closed. But you guys somehow have managed to crank out 
a hit streaming show during all that. So we're going to figure out just how on earth you pulled that off. Uh, go around. We do have some of the cast. We have Troy Feldman. How are you doing, sir? Excellent. Thanks for having me. It's good. I'm really excited to figure out, you know, what the whole, because this show is very high concept and it's definitely a throwback to some, you know, golden age of the sitcoms that we, a lot of us on this panel grew up with. Uh, so we're going to find all, all about that. We have Patrice Goodman on the air tonight. How are you doing? Good evening. Thanks for having us. It's so good to have you guys. I want to find out all about this show. And last but certainly not least, uh, an old friend of ours who joined us many moons ago, back when we had an actual radio studio. <laughs> back when you could go to the studio. <laughs> Human contact. Uh, but we have Daryl Hines on the program with us. How are you doing? Hey, everyone. I'm doing good. As you can see, blue skies looking good where I am. <laughs> Trust me, you do not want to see my room right now. So uh, I had to put this up. I always, you know, every week Vince and I have all of our guests, everybody I feel like has gotten so used to this Zoom stuff during the pandemic and promoting things this way. Yeah. Everybody comes on and they have these great digital backgrounds and green screen and all this stuff. And then it's just Vince and myself sitting here in our <laughs> piles of cat hair. But, you know, it is what it is. That's the world we live in right now. Uh, Anthony, I, I think I'll go to you first with this, but I mean... How did this whole concept of Overlord and the Underwoods come together? Because yes, CBC Gem has been cranking out some really interesting new stuff the last few years. We've covered a lot of programs on this show. Uh, but this is something completely unique compared to what's out there in Canadian television. You're doing something quite a bit different here. Yeah, I mean, it's it started in the mind of Ryan Weisbrock, who works for Cloudco Entertainment in the States. And he worked with Marvel Media, um, who's a production company here in Canada. The two of them were trying to develop this since 2012, I think, is when they wow, really started okay. talking about it. They talked about it as an animated series, as a live action series. And then at the beginning of 2017, I told them both I was moving back to Canada from the States. And uh, they asked me about developing this further. So then I jumped on board 2017. We then figured out a script. We got um, CBC involved. We got BYU TV involved. We got Nickelodeon involved. It just became one of those things where it, it, the ball really started rolling uh, a couple years ago when we, uh, we, and it took a long time like TV does. And thankfully we're here now where we can actually see what we've been talking about for the last decade. And you can actually put it out on, I mean, not that this is a perfect time for anything in the world right now, but it is sort of, it, there is a silver lining there because it is really a great time to put out this content on digital platforms. And I'm curious to pick all of your brains too on, you know, obviously this is the way things are going. Is this really sort of the swan song for network TV? I mean, traditional network TV, who knows? Uh, obviously you are part of CBC. <laughs> I do want to pick your brains on that. But basically the whole concept, Anthony, is so Overlord in the Underwoods. It's, it, is, it is a takeoff on classic sitcoms on that format, but it's an intergalactic mm -hmm. invader, a space yeah. criminal, basically, who's living yeah. with the suburban family. Overlord is the second worst villain in the entire universe. He has ratted out his boss, and now he is in witness protection with a very lovely family, the Underwoods. Uh, and the mom, Flower Underwood, played by Patrice, happens to be his seventh cousin once removed. Uh, which, you know, we can get into how that works. But that's, that's the family tree. Very interesting right. family tree. Interesting. You're right. It throws back to great shows like, you know, Alf, Mork and Mindy, The Rock from the Sun. We really wanted to show that would work for all members of the family. Like I tell people, it's for kids four to kids 104. Like everyone's gonna enjoy this show. And that's kind of like, we wanted to go back to that nostalgic thing where families could watch shows together 
and everyone gets something great out of it, especially during a pandemic. If you're going to be trapped in a room together, you might as well be able to watch something that you're all going to enjoy. So that, that yeah. was the plan behind it. As you said, it's the perfect time. Everyone is, everyone's in the house. Families are together in a house and they're kind of forced to be. And it's like the perfect kind of escapism type of entertainment, you know? Uh, you know, a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of, you know, just out of this world fun. And that's, and, and I think that it, it's really as, you know, trying as these times are, it's kind of like the perfect time for this show to hit. It's, it's true escapism. It's so- And it, it's kind of perfect in that way too, because yeah, it's accessible for the whole family. Like, you know, you have kids doing homeschool right now. You have parents working from home. Everybody is sort of stuck in this, you know, trying to avoid cabin fever kind of a thing. It's also kind of throwing back to probably what all of us on this panel really grew up with, which is, yeah, you would, you know, the whole family would tune in once a week and watch TGIF or whatever you happen to be watching. And really, that doesn't happen anymore. I mean, all of our attention spans are so short. Everything's on our phones. Everything is a quick five minute thing. And everybody's always separate off doing their own things. So, I mean, it's a chance for people to actually sit around and watch this together in a way that really nobody has done since probably all of us were kids, really. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, also, I mean, because I of I think the other thing, too, is that you can on demand absolutely anything you want. And the kids can watch kids programming and the adults can watch adult programming. We can all do it in a different room, but definitely on the end of the day, when my kids been in school and I've been doing my work, I really wanna come together with my little person and laugh. And this, is, this just fits that perfectly. Mm -hmm. And I always, tell, I always tell my kids that, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I had to watch Dynasty with my mom. Because that's all that was on television. And uh, But that's really what it was. It's like you, you had to watch what your parents were watching. And now you don't really need to do that anymore. And it's good to have a show that bridges the gap between uh, generations so that, you know, everyone can come together and really enjoy uh, a, a piece of fun, you know? Who there was said always we didn't enjoy Dynasty? What are you talking about? I love about? Dynasty. That's, for the record, I love Dynasty. My entire fashion aesthetic and Falcon comes Crest. from that show. Where are my shoulder Dynasty and Falcon Crest. That was Friday Night Programming at its finest. There was <laughs> always that, that awkward age, too, where you start to, like, you know, you're you're approaching being a teenager, so you, you're sitting there watching shows with your parents, but you you kind of have to pretend that you don't understand the more adult references, <laughs> the adult jokes, like, you know... I remember watching early episodes of Seinfeld and I had to pretend I had to not laugh and I had to pretend I didn't understand, you know, the sex jokes and all that stuff. <laughs> um, but I definitely want to pick your brains on all of the great classic sitcoms that, yes, obviously this is a great throwback to that stuff and sort of a parody on it. Um, but at the same time, very much fitting for 2022 and for, you know, today. It really, it's sort of a, a new update on all that. We're going to come back on the roundup with the cast, crew, and creators behind Overlord and the Underwoods on CBC Gem, right here on Inside Jokes. Hi there. My name is Troy Verbin. I play the voice of Overlord, uh, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Uh, and uh, I hope that you enjoy it. Or if you don't enjoy it, just listen to it anyway.
To Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you eye roll so hard at the insane garbage fire we're all stuck in. I love, I, re- I hope the pandemic is over very soon. Love these, I love the pandemic plugs though. I'll be sick, of, I'll be, I'll be missing those once it's finally over, but you know, it'll be worth it for sure. We're talking to the cast and crew behind Overlord and the Underwoods, the new hit with now. 10 new episodes on CBC Gem. Uh, it is really a throwback. Yeah, Daryl Hines has like the whole nice background behind him on Zoom here. It is really, as we were saying before the break, I mean, yeah, it's, it's sort of a takeoff on those classic sitcoms that a lot of us grew up with and sort of a fresh take on that. It also, and I mean, Anthony, we have Anthony Farrell, the creator here with us. It also is, it's a, it's a throwback too to the trend of the time that was high concept sitcoms so obviously alf here is the big one that of course was a huge influence for you guys um but as you mentioned before the break third rock from the sun mork and mindy going back even for you know small wonder like there was this whole you know era of sitcoms where it was like everything had to be high concept it wasn't just family sitcom anymore it was like but what if a dinosaur lives with them you know there was always some, (laughs) some hook to it i mean how much how much of those shows influenced this? Like, was this really a nostalgic pro- nostalgia project for you guys at first? I mean, for me, I'll say, like, it started with, like, it did feel like, I was like, first thing I, th- I thought when I heard the concept and then I started developing further was, oh, it's kind of like ALF, but if ALF were Darth Vader. And I was like, well, this is something <laughs> I need to be a part of. <laughs> so, um, I personally I love Star Wars. I love Star Trek. I love like I'm a big sci-fi geek nerd. I love all that stuff. And so the opportunity to bring my own twists and take on the genre and bring it to comedy and bring it to Canada, something that we we've not seen like this from a Canadian um, from Canadian producers. It it just felt to me like I had to do it, had to be a part of it, and I'm very glad that I took on the project. So yeah, it, it just it is absolutely a throwback to all those things. I do feel like it's um, something we need right now. And I think a lot of times people in Canada are afraid to make those jumps, but thankfully the producers and the cast and the crew and everyone, they were willing to go with it and just kind of go for it. And I think we put together a pretty fun show. Now, Anthony, uh, sorry, you, you said that uh, in the first break that he is, the villain is Overlord, but he is the second most wanted <laughs> villain in the universe. That's right, that's right. Colossus is yeah, this is this is how witness protection works, right? Like he he ratted out his boss. Uh, I, I don't want I'm, there's there's some stuff to work out for season two that I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but like um if we can if we do get a season two, we don't know yet. But okay. if we can get a season two, there's some more stuff coming. But Colossus is the big boss. Overlord rats Colossus out. So now Colossus is in jail, and there in some of these episodes you find out he's he's sending bounty hunters to kind of get rid of the person that could keep him in jail forever. This is, you know, it's some high level Tony Soprano stuff going on. Yeah, basically, like you said, the the thing that drew me into it was uh, I was picturing Star Wars when I was reading this. Star Wars mixed with a family comedy. So it was like, you know, Darth Vader ratted out the Emperor and he's sending, you know, Boba Fett out to to hunt them down. So it's it's basically it's basically modern family meets Star Wars. You know what happened if, if Darth Vader lived. We haven't met Colossal Trotus yet. Uh, nice we, parallels. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Wars. Had to throw those references out for all the Star Wars fans, guys. Star Wars fans, watch the show. Well, even well, we have to mention Roger. If we're going to talk about Star Wars, we have to talk about Roger. Roger, Roger yeah, Christian, who designed the lightsaber and R2-D2 and all of the wondrous things that you see in the Star Wars universe, designed the Overlord and and our Whoa. ROFL robot. Yeah, wow. ROFL is Overlord's uh, sort of little sidekick butler my little, type My little droid. Robot. Yeah, yes. that's your that's your oh, droid, Overlord. Yeah. She, she follows me around and listens to everything I say. She does what I say, and uh, <laughs> she loves him. She loves me with all her heart, and I think she's okay. She's all right. How, how did you end up pairing up with with him to to design that? By the way, I mean that's in the sci-fi world. That's a pretty huge street cred right there for sure. It, it's pretty and it's funny too because whenever we, we talk, I, it's it's ridiculous that I text message Roger Christian back and forth and then he'll say things like, "I was talking to George Lucas and I'm like my face melts and all those things." But he 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 lives in Toronto, and one of the producers uh, at Marvel Media said, "We were talking to Roger Christian. What do you think about bringing him in to design Overlord and ROFL?" And I said, "Why are you asking me? Why isn't he here right now? Like, let's just." Let's go, <laughs> let's do this. So he was excellent, not only just from like a design perspective, just like how things look, but how things work in production. Knowing how to make, because like, he he would tell stories about R2-D2 being terrible and Anthony Daniels and his C-3PO, like he had, honest, it's hard to work when he's telling these stories, but this is what would happen. And so he used all that experience to make it a much easier transition for us. Like Troy, you can, you can speak to this more than anyone, like the suit, working with a suit in production, you don't want to ever have to wait for 35 minutes because something's not working. And Roger had all that in his mind yeah. before we even had scripts. Yeah, he, and he wow. would, I, I mean, for it's it's crazy to, to talk to him. I mean, the first couple of times I talked to him, I'm just like stunned. Like, I don't know what to say and, and stuff. And he just, but he's great because he's relaxed and he tells you stories and everything, right? You're just like, ooh, oh my gosh. So <laughs> freaking out a little bit but he would say things like oh yeah he'd talk about anthony daniels and stuff like that and i'm like and then at one point he kind of compared me to him and i just i i mean i just lost it and pop off like wow (laughs) (laughs) yeah Troy, when you're in that character too i mean obviously you know actors always say that one you know when you're in a role where you get fully immersed in costume like that it completely like you get that much more absorbed into it you really do feel like you're putting on this suit of armor but when you are playing that role i mean when you get completely seeped in that, where's your head? Are you completely thinking sci-fi mode and you're just sort of letting a sitcom happen around you? Like how over the top do you get to be with that and just let everything else just kind of happen and just completely become Overlord? I would I would get, like once I'm in the Overlord costume, I'm Overlord. Like that's the voice, everything <laughs> all comes together. That's that's nice. it, right? I'm in, I'm in. And I remember in the very beginning, I was, uh, I, I would do things and then kind of pull back and be like, uh, I don't know if I should be doing this right now. Like, or is this gonna, you know, put people off or whatever? And there was a couple of times I would ask Daryl. There's things that I would do to Daryl's character, <laughs> theme, right? And I would, I'd, and I'd have things in my mind that I was gonna do and have to pull back. And then I would go and ask Daryl. I'd be like, Daryl, is it cool if I do this? And Daryl's like, Yes, just do it. He's like, Don't tell me, just do it. And I'm like, All right, cool. Oh, it's so much fun. Like because especially the relationship between my character Jim and Overlord uh is very cantankerous he's he because jim is like a really persnickety uptight person and overlord is obviously this agent of chaos in the house yeah so uh so 
Troy would constantly be like, is it okay if I slap you in the face with this thing, <laughs> like this <laughs> piece of food or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, man, as long as it's funny, yeah. do whatever. It's it's all good. Comedy What's really wins. terrible is when he just slaps him in the face with food and it's not funny. It's just sad. <laughs> it's just weird and sad. And or unexpected. Around. Yeah. Do you go full method with it, Troy? Is it like... Is it like people are like, oh God, we have to be around Overlord for another six months here. Do you go full Day Lewis with it? I would honestly, in my mind, I would think that in my mind, but then, uh, you know, like most of the cast, like, oh no, it's it's fine and da 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 da, you know, it's, it's okay. And But yeah, for the most part, I would come on set and be like, oh man, I'm like, there's this scene that I've been working on and I have all these ideas. And, and then in the scene, sometimes it's very, you don't know what's going to happen, right? So once the camera's on and stuff like that, uh, like there's one scene where I have a, I have a long cape and my cape's name is Jerry. And I, <laughs> and I would, <laughs> and I would Jerry? Yes. Yes. Everything's named Jerry. Yes. Everything's, everything's named Jerry. Jerry. Everything is named Jerry, Jerry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Totally. So I, I would, I would, there's one scene where I would come over top of the couch and my cape would, uh, would, you know, kind of trail behind me and I'd draped it over top of, of Daryl and Kamaya as I come over. And I'm like, and, and I would jump over and walk away and the cape would come over their faces and everything. And after I did it, I stopped and they said cut. And I was like, that was probably really bad. I'm like, I probably shouldn't have done that. I could have hurt somebody. <laughs> I'm like, but that's Overlord. I'm like, that's that's what he does. And afterwards, I come over. I'm like, are you guys okay? Oh no, yeah, it's totally fine. Works well. Da 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 da. Stuff. I'm like, okay. Yeah, my only regret is like, I if I knew it was gonna happen, I can I could play it up more. Like yeah. this, like it's coming over my face, and I'm just like, oh, oh wait, oh I could have played the comedy more. That's How that's the only concern. Actually- you know, coming from sketch backgrounds, a lot of the cast and coming from, you know, the improv world and all these backgrounds, how loose do you get to sort of be with it? Like, do you just, obviously, you know, there's a script, it's a written script, it's a sitcom format, but do you also just kind of like come up with things in the moment to go, okay, that works, let's keep that. Like, do you get to be sort of loose and open with it? The script is really good. So we, we have a really great framework to play in. And, um, I, I mean, I can't speak for Daryl and Troy, but I know that um, it feels like you're putting a bunch of stuff in a pot and whatever more that you can add, the more is uh, the, the more electric the scenes feel. And yeah. these guys are so like Troy and, and Daryl are always so great at finding all the, uh, just filling up that pot and making it so much more ridiculous than I could have imagined, so. Yeah, like Patrice said, the scripts, I mean, we have, so many great writers uh anthony's so many part of that so many great writers uh, so the script doesn't really need all that much punching up a- at all and any kind of quote-unquote punch up is is just to you know keep the uh energy kind of uh a little bit more uh live to keep it a little more live not not because it's really necessary to make it any funnier because the script is very funny as it is and sort of it's, just playing off of that framework too that's there exactly yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. Of the, uh, the script have... for movement. Uh, I mean, I, obviously, I do a lot of movement and stuff like that. But like, the script is kind of uh, it's it's like a jumping board to be able to do whatever I want. You know what I mean? And I don't gotta worry about <laughs> <laughs> I don't gotta worry about a lot. I just it's like a it's a nice little cushiony little. Here you go. Here's some writing for you, and it just I don't know, it 
Yeah, yeah. and Anthony oh. and all the all the directors that we worked with have, were very very cool with anything that we you know came up with on the spot. They're they're not or, you know precious about anything. So. Like, I, I come from Darryl. the improv and sketch world too, right? So I, I I'm always yeah. open to letting things letting things happen, especially like working on The Office. Like it, I'm so used to that sort of stuff too, right? Just kind of like you have great performers for a reason. Let them let them run, and sometimes you get amazing things out of them. I'm always open to. It. For, so. for Patrice and Daryl, you guys play the suburban husband and wife, the parents to Troy's overlord character. Do you ever have moments where <laughs> your brain just goes back to sitcom mode and like typical sitcom mode where like, overlord, you blew up the Volkswagen again. <laughs> like, totally. Yeah. Totally, yes. Yeah. It's like, that's the fun of the show is that we get to, like, I think at least three times Daryl was like, Overlord? And the, what's fun is we, we know the language of sitcoms. So it's so much fun when we get to call back to those moments, man. It's like we're but living the dream time. of our childhoods. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> but at the same time, what's great about this show is that it is very much that old sitcom feel but it does have that sort of office-esque modern family sort of single camera intimacy as well to it. So it's not this very, it can be broad in scale, but very specific in look and tone as well. So within, like it is, it is a modern great family marriage. dynamic. Yeah. yeah. It's a great marriage between old sitcoms and, and new forms as well. Which by the way, I'm going to, I want to pick your brains on some of what the actual, what shooting this was like during these, let's call it strange times that we live in, in the entertainment world and just the planet in general. Uh, we're going to come back with more of our overlord invasion right here on Inside Jokes. Daryl Hines, I play Jim Underwood on Overlord on the Underwoods, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Why wouldn't you be? Because it's the best, it's funniest, and, and we're, we're all on it. So there you go. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. It is an Overlord invasion right here on 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, because the world is stuck in 2020 and now your vision can be too. We are talking all things <laughs> Overlord and the Underworld. That's my favorite. Ten brand Hakeem. new episodes out now on CBC Gem. Uh, and again, this is a, another one of the hits that CBC Gem has pumped out. We have the cast, crew, creators, some of them anyways, on the air with us right now. Uh, before the break, we were talking about how you get to, yes, you have this this great writer's room full of writers, but you do sort of get to, you know, collaborate, play with the scenes and just sort of keep things fluid and keep them moving. Because you are, you're working in this framework of like a throwback to a classic sitcom. But at the same time, you're doing something new because, you know, you can go back and look at, obviously, you know, the sort of golden age of the family sitcom in the 80s and 90s plays a massive part in this show but you can sort of look back at every decade and define you know the television was sort of defined in a certain way I mean a lot of the references you mentioned modern family quite a few times you look at the 2000s that became the era of like you know the three camera talking head sort of pseudo documentary format I mean modern family arrested development the office all that stuff they're really you know we're just sort of getting into the 2020s now 
And of course, it's been a strange start. We're just sort of figuring things out. So they're really, we, we haven't had a chance yet to sort of define what sort of the themes of anything are, what the formats are. So I think you kind of are doing something new here where we don't really know what the flavor of this decade is yet. Yeah, and I think we're Anthony- gonna, Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna figure out the flavor. Chip. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna start this. You know, it's, I think, you know, what's this, I would say this pandemic has led to a lot more empathetic and compassionate shows, right? You think about Ted Lasso, those kinds of things. Like, I think that's gonna start creeping in even more. And I think this show, even though it's about a galactic uh, criminal, uh, <laughs> there are, are, it's about this galactic criminal learning about compassion and empathy through a very uh, lovely human family. But also, they're also learning how to have more edge and more confidence and more, um, just more more swagger because they're hanging out with yeah. them. So kind of they're they're leaning on each other. They're learning from each other, and it's about kind of like slowly Overlord and the Underwoods coming to the middle and learning from each other as they go. So I think that compassion, that empathy between the two um, entities will probably be one of those themes that will you'll see in more shows coming out in the next five or six years probably. So that was my favorite part of the script was that <clears throat> the family was actually written as a family and that the <laughs> connections were real and that every member of the family was participating fully. Um, and I, that's one of those things I, I don't think we actually get to see enough is really what a family dynamic looks like. Um, and it was it was really intimate and really connected and it was so great to play with when we were shooting on the day and i think it is not and i mean cbc gem again we've had you know a few of the series the last couple of years on on here on inside jokes just it is nice to see these refreshing new concepts i mean yes there's a lot of influences there and it's definitely a very sort of tongue-in-cheek takeoff on a lot of things that we all know and love and we all grew up with but it's a completely new concept because we're in a weird time right now too, where we're, we're also remaking a lot of television. That's a big trend that's happened. I mean, you know, 90210, there's Fresh Prince is now brand new that we're doing a new take on the Wonder Years. We're even doing shows that were, that were still on the air like four years ago. <laughs> we're remaking them there's like a new Gossip Girl. I'm like, didn't that just end? Like <laughs> in the first year of the pandemic? I don't know. So, it, you know, it's, it's nice to see creators actually getting these opportunities to just bring these new concepts in and get the green light and just take it and run with it. Because again, I think there's so much more room for new ideas like this now. And like uh, Anthony said before, kudos to, to CBC for, uh, you know, taking the plunge on on something high concept because you know, a lot of the times in Canada, um, you know, we're we're a little tight with with our with the money that we put into projects because you know we're always unsure. We have to do what America likes first, and then once we yeah. know that they like it, then we'll we'll take a chance on things. But uh, kudos to CBC for being able to you know see uh, that this show has potential, something high concept, and that has you know sort of broader uh appeal can can be can be um marketed you know out there and, and yeah 
And it is good. I mean, Anthony, I'm sure for you as a showrunner, as a creator, I mean, yeah, to actually see a platform like this where, and really it's a pretty new thing in Canada. I mean, as Daryl was saying, you know, we always had sort of a handful of sitcoms, but it was really stuff that, okay, can we also sell this to the States or are these sort of already known names in Canada that we already have on the network and we'll just sort of give them their own thing. It's really only been in the last couple of years where we've seen on platforms like CBC Jam, and certainly that's at the forefront, but where we've seen them just start greenlighting. I mean, you look at the sketch shows and shows like this that are, a lot of the casts are people that come from the sketch and improv community or are, you know, stand-ups that that we all know because we work with them, but to audiences, it's brand new people that we're seeing on screen and just these projects are just getting the go-ahead. And really that's a pretty new thing in Canadian television. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about, you know, this is a good time to talk about Maybe when we get back, when we talk about Troy, too, because initially the plan was to try and find a star to voice Overlord. Like, Troy signed on as just the body and just the person who's going to be inside the suit. That was the plan. Have the him, Troy in the suit and someone else do the voice, like kind of like Darth Vader. And Troy was just so incredible on set. Like, people were cracking up. They're, they were making T-shirts out of the things he was saying. That's how... <laughs> Like, like legit coming to me like, hey, yo, you want a t-shirt? I was like, I wrote that. How are you making a t-shirt? <laughs> how how did that happen? I wrote that like five minutes ago. How is it already a t-shirt? How, already a t-shirt? <laughs> it was, how it did was that crazy. happen, by the way, Troy? Like, did you just put on that suit for the first time and this voice just kind of came out of you? Well, I got the I got the the sides for the audition and everything, and I and I read it and I was like, oh, I know this guy. I know yeah. I know this guy. I know this guy. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, the voice kind of came together from that. You know what I mean? And then, and it, it's weird because even when I put on my own homemade costume for the for the uh, uh, for the audition, which yeah. is like a ski mask, I had like a Star Lord mask on and like a, a throw blanket and and some gloves. But even when I put that on and uh, and filmed that, it, it was the it was the same thing came together. But then when you put the real costume on. It's just, I can't even begin to tell you. It's just everything in the universe just comes together. It's like in this one ball of energy. I'm like, okay, everything's complete. Here we go. So yeah, it was lightning in a bottle. And there you go. And by the way, Troy, you know, we're totally going to ask you for an overlord show liner later on, by the way, before we wrap this. (laughs) One of my favorite things to do in life right now. So (laughs) we definitely have to. All right. We're going to come back with more of the cast and crew behind overlord and the underwoods. Now on CBC Gem with 10 brand new episodes. We'll be right back with Inside Jokes. Yo, it's Anthony Q. Farrell here co-creator of Overlord in the Underwoods. You are listening to Inside Jokes, which means you are a lucky human being. Keep on listening. Working for the city. She has to discipline her body. Because she knows that it's demanding to Welcome back to Inside Jokes. It is an Overlord invasion right here on 640 Toronto. We are talking all things Overlord in the Underwoods, which is now on CBC Gem with 10 brand new episodes. And you can watch the whole season now. We have some of the cast, crew, 
co-creators. I did want to pick your brains, by the way, on, you know, we were talking about how, you know, you have a great writer's room, you get to be sort of loose and fluid with it and all that. What did a production actually look like to pull off during all this? Obviously, this is a strange time to shoot a TV show. I mean, one example I always go to is last year on the show, last season, in the middle of the pandemic, we had some of the cast of Second City on for that year's main stage show. And they said, yeah, it was bizarre because normally you are in a writer's room and you're rehearsing together and you're playing scenes off of each other. They, they were like, we basically did all of that via Zoom for an entire year. And some of the cast didn't even physically meet each other in person until opening night just before the show. So, I mean, Anthony, I know you, of course, you come from the office, yeah. you come from, you know, traditional writer's rooms in Canada and the States. Was this completely a different process during all this? It was a little bit. Um, we wrote the entire thing in the Zoom room, um, which actually allowed us to have one of our writers, so I'm a comedian, I'm sure you know, Ryan Belleville. Uh, Ryan oh, yeah. was one of the writers on the show, so he could be in the room because he's in LA, but we could make it work, right? So that worked out. And then production-wise, I don't want to take a lot of time talking about it, but production-wise, what it meant was talking, you have fewer background actors, you're trying to minimize um, the amount of guest stars you have in a show because you're going to test everybody, you're going to make sure everyone's right. staying safe keeping people distant. So from a production standpoint, it changed the way you wrote things, changed the way you produce things. And uh, you the, hopefully the, the goal is that you make a show on no one, five years from now, no one knows that it was shot in the COVID time, right? That's kind right. of what we're trying to do, trying to make it as natural as possible. But that was really the, the game behind the game with uh, all the stuff we were working on. Which is so strange too, because now we're like, we're so conditioned to it now. I find myself, you know, if I see a new show or a commercial or something, I'm like, those people, no one's wearing masks. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, you're no longer used to seeing human beings near each other and just Face. doing normal things. Yeah, yeah. Like no one's faces. And so we it's have weird. A school. Oh, and yeah, we have a school, like, so they have a classroom. And so you have to shoot the desks in a way that make them look closer together than they actually are. So that <laughs> Five years now, you're not going. Why are those desks six feet apart from each other? So, <laughs> it is, yeah, well, like, be like, like a, Anthony said, we we were all tested uh, very regularly. You know, twice twice a week or three times a week sometimes, and uh, so we all felt very safe. The only difference is back. You know, when you're not on camera, you know, we're distanced and we're all you know behind masks and everything. But which makes you know, uh, usually when you uh, when you're on lunch, you get to kind of socialize a little bit more, you know, this time we, you know, get our lunch given to us and we go off to our trailers, which is, you know, kind of, you know, lonely. isolating, but lonely, <laughs> but, you know, other than that, uh, it was still a great, you know, sort of camaraderie, if that's a word. Um, <laughs> not, it's a good word. It is now. Yeah, I'm, I just created it. It's uh, a It was very yes. camaraderie. Yeah, camaraderie. <laughs> Uh, but it was, we all had a blast still, you know, so it didn't change things all that much. I mean, once you get the energies together uh, mm. on the shooting stage, it, it all, it all works out. We had a really good vibe on set. All of our, anyone yeah. that came to visit our set was like, how, how do we get this for the rest of time? We were like, this. <laughs> I think okay? too, I mean, and I think audiences pick up on that, especially right now, because, you know, yes, of course, it is such a throwback and an homage to, you know, so much television that we all sort of came up with. But it's also a lot of a palate cleanser right now, too, because so much of our comedy in the last couple of years, I mean, everything has just been so steeped in just doom and chaos. And, you know, everything has to have a message and everything has politics imbued into it. It's nice to actually have a series now where it's like 
let's just breathe. Let's enjoy. Let's laugh. And just pure kind of escapism. I mean, how important was that for all of you right now to just go forget about all the stuff happening right now. We just need something that can just do what it's meant to do and entertain and pull us out of that for a half an hour. I feel like uh, I, I wish that other people could have had, I mean, I mean, for me, speaking for myself, to be able to get up in the morning, come to set and have some kind of uh, something that resembles normalism, you know what I mean? Uh, in my day to day, I would love for other people to be able to have that. I know it's, 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 it's obviously not that easy, but yeah, I, I found it great <laughs> being able to come to set and and see other people and interact with other people. And mind you, I'm also doing something that uh, I love <laughs> so yeah. much. So it was just truly a joy. Every, every, uh, everything that Anthony and the writers wrote were, was just so much fun. And like you said, it was a total escapism and we get to, we get to poke fun and, you know, Troy's character overlord is a little bit of that doom, but it, it's taking that doom in, in, and putting so much light and joy into it yeah. that it doesn't fit yeah that it doesn't feel like doom so you get you get um you you get sort of this fun look at at uh at the dark side if you will it's a redemption story yes. there you go it's redemption at the end of the day which i feel like after the last two and a half years is something we all could use a little bit of uh <laughs> That is the cast and crew of Overlord and the Underwoods. Thank you all so much. And Anthony, before we let you go, so yes, we have 10 brand new episodes. Where can listeners at home catch the entire thing? You can catch it all on CBC Gem, Overlord and the Underwoods. If you're in America, you can catch it at BYU TV. If you're international, Nickelodeon. If you're in Russia, Nickelodeon. Like we're all, we're in a lot of different countries right now. So wherever you're listening, you can find it. There we go. Overlord in the Underwoods. Thank you so much to our panel. That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. We will be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx is the trailer for CBC's gem, Overlord and the Underwoods. Aliens are real. Ha! Face. He's my mom's seventh cousin once removed. I'm incredibly interesting. Cool, right? You're an alien, aren't you? Family meeting right now. Human family. Your mother wants nothing to do with me. My own flesh and glue. You think you know your seventh cousin once removed? We promised he could stay with us to keep him safe. Colossotrata still has goons scouring the galaxy for him. Overlord! No overlords here. She's about to have God, we got your back. If you want Overlord, you're gonna have to go through me. I'm the one you want. Take me! That cosmic vacuum was a bounty hunter? You're welcome. 